Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the National Fire Radio Podcast. As the year winds down this week between Christmas and New Year's, we're going to do some throwback episodes. We're going to take the week off from the podcast, regroup. We got some real powerful episodes coming out as January rolls in 2023. The podcast has just been on fire. And uh, without the support of our listeners in the community, the National Fire Radio community, we wouldn't be able to be where we are today. So I thank you all. And so as we roll into 2023, it is with our sincere gratitude and appreciation for all of you and the support we've been getting for the daily podcast that's being released. So this week, buckle up. We got some throwback episodes today. Uh, on the Monday, the 26th, Mickey Farrell. This goes back to two years ago, episode 51. On the 27th Tuesday, we're going to have Chief Joe Speranza. This goes back four years ago to episode number eight from our old school studios. Joe Speranza is a volunteer fire chief out of Hawthorne, New Jersey, and has a very powerful episode. Wednesday, the 28th, Elkhart Brass. Chris Martin and Jerry Herbst, two of the best. They know their product. They know nozzle and hose packages, and uh, they met us at our studios on our home turf, and it was a great episode. That was from three years ago in episode 48. Another throwback will be Thursday the 29th, and that will be Bobby Eckert's original interview with us. That was episode 13, and that goes back four years ago. And lastly, Friday the 30th, Steve Jason, the solid brother out of New Jersey, who I've just come to be real fond of, super smart and passionate about the fire service and his training. That's from four years ago, and that's episode 19. So this week, the 26th through the 30th, buckle up for some throwback episodes. We appreciate the support. Look for some new content coming out in January of 2023. We're mixing up the podcast. We're going to be putting out some new types of uh, episodes, so they're not just going to be guest-driven. They're also going to be um, some educational pieces and a few other things that we have worked up and uh, we got a few things up our sleeves so buckle up hang on we appreciate the support truly it means the world to us and lastly as this year winds down we got a week left we're doing the taylor tins tin of the month for december i ask you now to go to taylorstins.com order the tiller time tin which is the tin of the month Money from the proceeds will go to the Lieutenant Joseph P. DiBernardo Foundation, the Joey D. Memorial Foundation. This is an organization that National Fire Radio has been partnered up with for quite a while now. They are incredible guys doing great work protecting our own through bailout systems and firefighter safety and survival. They do uh, two conferences a year now, and they are making a tremendous difference in the American Fire Service. So the Joey D. Foundation is reaping some reward from the tin of the month so please please go to taylorstin.com order your tin of the month and part of the proceeds go directly to the joey d fund anyway thank you for an absolutely wonderful year 2022 will go down in the books as a big growth year for national fire radio and myself and the crew we are just honored and elated to be able to give you and deliver content that we've been giving you and uh, without your support and listening we wouldn't have anything so we appreciate all of you Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy New Year. And we'll see you in January with some new content. And without further ado, The Daily Podcast. Hey, guys. Good, after- good afternoon. Good evening. Ready? Let's start over. All right. Take two. Hey, everybody. It's Rob, National Fire Radio. See how that we works. are here tonight in the studio with Elkhart Brass. Hey. Do it. Who from Elkhart Brass? Let's talk about it. Jerry Herbst. 
Jerry Herbs. Hey, Chris Martin. One and only Chris Martin. Yeah, I, I will tell you, we are, um, Rob and I are blown away that you guys are here. We're excited to have you. Um, this little platform, National Fire Radio, just in the year and a half that we've been doing this, we've had some interesting characters and some great, great brothers come through here. And uh, tonight's one of those uh, honors for us to have two guys that uh, really have a name in the industry that work with some of the biggest names in the industry. And, uh, and you guys are part of that movement. And um, we're excited to have you here tonight. Thank you. Oh, we're proud to be here. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having us, guys. Yeah, this is awesome. so cool. So, little backstory: um, Chris had reached out um, a little while back, and uh, we chatted on the phone. And it's fun, you know. We talk about the fire service getting in the circles of people that share common goals and and commonality. And Chris and I had a phone conversation just because you know I liked what he was doing on Instagram. He was following us, and he liked what we were doing, and it was just kind of doing some. You know, um, your own type of content, authenticity, mm-hmm. you know, things that were a little bit different, not reposting and resharing. It was more um, original content. And uh, Chris and I had a fantastic conversation and we talked about it just uh, before, before we got on air. And that really set the relationship for you guys being here today because we fell in line with the same beliefs and, and uh, kind of nuggets about the fire service. So um, thanks for joining us, guys. I mean, yeah, this is, thanks for having us. This, this is, is a good. commitment for you to be here. Yeah. Jerry, you flew in. Um, and uh, I just couldn't thank you guys enough. Um, so thanks for being here. I want to jump into the story and um, talk about, you know, Elkhart Brass. I want to talk about Brass Tax, which I'm sure everybody's familiar with, that marketing campaign. But I think maybe what we need to do is just start at the beginning, you know, sure. um, not too far back, but maybe just a little background on how you guys got to where you are today. And, uh, Jerry, maybe you want to roll it out, brother. Sure, sure. Share some sure. stories. Be happy to. Uh, you know, Elkhart is a company, um, and, and again, not a pitch, more to just, I guess, uh, throw some cred out, uh, is a company that's been melting metal and making products that, uh, that, that put water on fire for a long time, um, over a hundred years, well over a hundred years. Wow. And, uh, I've been associated with them since 2006 in a bunch of different roles, but, um, uh, a great company, an icon in the industry type approach. Um, we've gone through some uh, some structural changes. We're part of Safely now, which brings us with some other iconic companies. Which are actually a great umbrella to put us under. You've got Elkhart and Rom, FRC and Foam Pro, all under the Safely brand. But um, our world, Chris and I, are primarily driven in the municipal fire world, and uh, that's a, a big part of Elkhart. And really, the foundation of the company was kind of built, you know, toe to toe with the American firefighter. That's right. The products live there. And, and really, you know, we'll talk probably a little deeper about this, but, you know, our brand, our challenge is constantly to have a personality associated with our brand, and it's our people, our people that are in the field. Um, you know, we've got, we've got people all across the country that are flowing water 60, 70, 80 times a year with fire departments. They're, you know, intern out here, and that's, that's what we're about. We drive spec and, and try and be part of uh, providing solutions to what some people may realize is a problem, some people may not, yeah. you know? I, I think that it's amazing in today's day and age that a lot of the um, stuff that's happening out there with nozzles, hoses, and pump operations are still a little bit of the old wives' tales and a lot of misinformation. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know you. We talked. You, know, you were talking about it a little bit before because we were talking about uh, Dan Sh- uh, Schultz from Old Engine uh, Seven Sign Company, but like the class that you did up in in Duchess and how many people came back from that class with a positive experience and just kind of. Yeah. And like, wow, like, you know, I, and I, this was great. I learned a lot and maybe I should have known this, but now we know it. So right. I think that's like just kind of awesome that this company is able to do that, you know? Yeah, I'd say every, every year we we do like an instructor shirt for FDIC. And I always kind of have some clever saying on the back. 
Right. And still one of my favorites, I think we should just bring back as a normal offering is like, just because water's coming out of the end of the nozzle doesn't mean you're doing it right. Yep. Yeah. Right. Well said. You know, that, uh, you know, what, what's the famous saying? Fire goes out. Nobody gets hurt. I put it on social media now. It's like a selfie. <laughs> and we go back and do it again tomorrow. And we do the same thing until inevitably you're going to lose or you're not going to have the flow you think you have and, and you're going to be in trouble. Right. But how often are people actually acknowledging that that's something going on? Oh, you're right. You know, right. you're right. I mean, you know, hydraulics and, and nozzle and hose work like these, this is a craft mm-hmm. and it's, it's product that works hand in hand, you know, the right size line with the right size nozzle pumped at the right pressure, you know, will give you the winning combination. And I think it's one of those things, and I think we hit on it before, too, where it's one of those things that we take for granted that the guy at the pump panel knows what he's doing or the guy on the nozzle knows what he's doing, yeah. when, in fact, you know, a lot of times there's a, there's a miscue or, <coughs> or, or they're not performing correctly or hitting the, the, uh, the dots or connecting the dots as they should be um, in, in those uh, situations. So, you know, it's one of those things that I think needs more training. I was, I'm floored by how much training you guys do in the field. Jerry, the traveling you do yep. um, was mind-numbing when we were talking about that um, and so on. But, you know, the conferences, you guys support a lot of the conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, let's chat about that a little bit. Yeah, we're, we're, we're vested in that. Uh, our, our world is where the end user interfaces with the product. And that's where we get our, what I like to call mental protein. Um, you know, Chris uh, r- runs our product side of things and, it's funny when we're in the field, we're looked at, you know, okay, as Chris and Jerry, but we have completely different functions, really. Yeah. We, you know, um, I may be do, me doing more talking, Chris may be doing more listening. Um, the ideas that we get, the evolutions that our product go through come from interaction with our end users. Uh, we, we like to live where the firefighter interfaces with fire. That's where that weapon is used, the, Absolutely. this smooth-born nozzle here, and that's where it has to work. And, you know, I say this in, in a lot of classes I do, you know, we've, we've got an industry that tends to be supply side obsessed. You know, we put tens of millions of dollars into infrastructure for water supplies and half a million dollars, 600,000 into a rig. And, and all that is great, but that's not usually where it fails. It usually fails where one or two guys or gals are flowing somewhere between 150 and 200 gallons a minute and something goes wrong. That's where it needs to work. So, you know, that that's... That's where we like to live. So our approach to that market is educational. We want to be in the field pushing hallways with people that are using the product and, and getting things a bit more accurate because it's like you were talking about from the hydraulic standpoint. Yeah. You know, you look at me, I, I, and I'll admit it, I'm the dinosaur. I'm 40 years in the firehouse this year, right? And the old rule of thumb, what, what did you learn when you, when you took your first course? 50, 80, and 100. 50 smooth yeah. doors and appliances, yeah. 80 master streams, and 100 copy tips. That's your world. Water came out. Sooner or later on that curve, you won. A lot of those stories ended with that. Yeah. At least nobody got we hurt. hurt. Yeah. 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 And when you hear that, that's the time to start asking questions, yeah. Yeah. right? But, um, you know, there's this this movement you were talking about. One of the shirts we did is it's, it's, it's a movement. It's not a moment because you've got a much – deeper educated firefighter with respect to the creation of an effective fire stream, which makes more sense. Um, that's who's using it. The, the, the old thing of, yeah, the chauffeur's going to get it right or the boss calls for the right line. Hopefully they do, but right. if it's your weapon, you need to be a little deeper invested into exactly what's going on there because you're the one that's re- expected to make it work. I like it. I, and I'd say like how, 
how those people are getting their knowledge back to like wrapping up the conference circuit. Yeah, let's talk about it. You know, I mean, uh, I don't know, we kind of dubbed them like micro conferences, not to, mm -hmm. you know, belittle that name or whatever, but it is, it's, it's what they say, like the, the perfect size tribe is like 150 people. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's a lot of what these conferences are is it's 150, 200, maybe 500 on the high end, like a Portland or an HROC of just squared away dialed in firefighters there to learn and soak it all in, whether it's engine, truck, leadership, fitness, whatever it is. Sure. But people are seeking this out now. I mean, you're seeing this yeah, now, like an there. influx yeah. Yeah. Of, of these conferences popping up, right? Like we talked earlier with like brass tacks, like, you know, um, we, we didn't estimate kind of the response we got. And it's not to say how awesome this content is, is to say there's a need for this out there, right? Just like these conferences, like, right. wow, all these conferences are popping up. Mm -hmm. uh, why are they popping up? Well, because people want the information. They want access to the instructors and the knowledge. And I saw this on Facebook from so-and-so, and I went, but I, now I can go learn it from him in a day for a $200 class or whatever, right? He's coming to my area. So uh, the sharing of information and the access to information has a hundred percent changed than how you got out of your ifs to book and fire one class, right? right. I, I thought that in our conversation earlier, we we we, we kind of sat down and and uh, <clears throat> and had some dinner. But like one of the things that came out, I think it was you that said it, is that doing these classes, like you didn't you didn't come up with brass tacks and hard facts to become a vehicle to sell right. product. Yeah. It became something for education. And that when you had the success with it, it like, I think other businesses would have been like, we are going to make so much money now. This is going to be awesome. And you guys, your approach was, whoa, there's a huge gap out there for right. people yep. that are thirsty for this information. Absolutely. I mean, and we've got to actually double down and get the information out there even, even that much harder. Right. That, that blew me away. And even like peeling it back, like, Obviously, we've had good success with our new XD nozzle line, right. but the first series of brass tacks didn't have any XD nozzles in it. It wasn't out yet, right? right? It was still the old 20-year-old legacy one. So it does. it's just the content was there about what was going on, and and that's what that's what guys and gals soak up. It's, it's, it's I want to go watch this for three to five minutes, and then let's go do a drill on it, right? Or it's morning lineup, and we got the rundown for the day, and hey, we're gonna we're gonna watch this quick video instead of watching the weather on our TV right. screen or whatever it is, you know. Well, who better to yeah. learn from than the people that are making the product, right? You mm. know what your nozzles can do. You know what your your appliances can do. And so, you know, the concept of educating the end consumer is a no brainer. Yep. Unfortunately, there's always a big disconnect in in any industry where people don't see that. And and for you guys for tonight, sitting around and telling some stories and, and capturing really the essence of what Elkhart does, it's exactly that. It's educating the end consumer so that they can make that decision if this nozzle is the right nozzle for them and to use it correctly. Yep. Yeah. And that, that really is the foundation of the approach. Um, you know, most of our people are firefighters or have been, and we're not teaching tactics. Right. There's a difference in subject matter. It's, it's relevant regardless of whether it's a new product or an old product. An effective fire stream is an effective fire stream. It needs to be enough water based on the fire that you're right. at, right? And you need to be able to move it to the seat of the fire and, and, and solve the problem. That hasn't changed and, and really never will. Um, but that's where the assumptions need to be dispelled. And we like to, I call it the epiphany. You know, 
when we're in the field, we're not saying, hey, you know, like Stretch would say, buy the Model A or get the black one or the red one because your son, <laughs> cousin Vinny sells it. He's right, going to make right, a couple right, bucks. Right. It's not It's not like that. It's how about do do due diligence. If you're going to do an evaluation, look at every design that's made. It has nothing to do with brand. Right. And does it work with your world? You know, I mean, if you run with three or four deep versus five or six deep, your world's different. Okay, so somebody else's solution isn't yours. You, you have to put some effort into it. You can get into the neighborhood on social media or different sure. things that are available to you, but you still have to make it your own. And, and that's, I think, those rules of thumbs over, it, we've become too reliant on it, and it started to be a problem. Evolutions mm-hmm. in hose, evolutions in flows, concentration on, you know, a lower pressure, higher flow because it equates to less nozzle reaction. You know, that, that was driven by what? Reduction in staffing, the fact that, you know, uh, whether it be career or volunteer site, everybody needs help at work unless right. you're in a major urban environment mm-hmm. where you're, you know, you're getting 10, 15 engines on a box eventually. Um, so those realities drove it. And then, and as you go deeper into that, when you get a little bit more into the weeds, when you start to study the package, because it is a package, right? It all has to work together. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're start, we started to see problems. Okay, not all hose works well with the PPSI nozzles. You get whip conditions. So how do we overcome that? And some people can get real deep, some people can't. So it was incumbent upon us to take an educational approach that says, here are the options, acclimate them to your world. We're, we're blessed enough to be able to share what works as on a large scale. We're, we're, we're a large manufacturer. We, we share the information of what goes out of the factory with respect to the most tip and pressure and that type of a thing, because that is relevant. If you're building a case for change, it needs to be relevant. It can't be based on opinion or emotion. You have to have data that makes sense that you actually evaluate. I want to. Um, I want to jump on that real quick yeah, too. Yeah, please, because we didn't that's we didn't awesome. talk about this earlier, but I think this is something. This is something pretty cool. We're going to be dropping by the end of the year. Is kind of like when we when we do a class at the end of the class, we kind of say, uh, "What's the one thing we can bring to a class that the best engine guy or gal can't?" We know what leaves our door every day, right? Right. But is that in, uh, a good picture of the industry? Mm. Not necessarily, right? It's what people are buying in the last two or three years. So uh, later this month, we're going to be putting out what we're calling the Fireflow Survey, okay? So this will be something we'll put out on social media. Um, you'll be able to take the survey. It's anonymous. You'll get a respondent number back. Keep the number if you take the survey. You'll be entered in uh, on a raffle to win nozzles for your whole engine company. Oh, wow. So it'll be like three nozzles and a ram we're going to be giving away uh, if you enter it, if you take the survey, right? right, You'll be entered in the pot. But here's the point of the survey, right? So there's a lot of a company, a lot of companies do a lot of surveys, right? But what do they do with the information? Nothing. They don't share it, right? right? They hide it, they hoard it, and they lord it, right? right? So this is basically going to be kind of like a for us, by us kind of survey, right? So the survey will be about 35 questions. You go on, you'll take it, take you probably six, eight minutes, take the survey. It'll be broken down by demographic. But the questions we're going to ask are, what type of nozzles do you use? You know, smooth bore, fixed flow, selectable flow, automatic. What's your target flow for inch and three quarter? What's your target flow for two and a half? Right. I don't know. You know, what type of hose load do you run? Right. Things like that where... In some general questions, we can kind of start painting a picture of what's going on in the industry. Yeah, it makes sense. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we make this an annual thing. So 
the 2019 Fireflow survey, here's the trends, okay? Yep. So then we do this five years from now, the 2024 survey says this. Oh, wow, like five years ago, everybody was into this, and now people are transitioning into this. But to go back to what Jerry was saying, if you're doing a study, right, we love data. It's everywhere, right? So here's a really excellent point that you can use in, in, in your study uh, and your case to make change of saying like, hey, hey, most people, according to the survey, are using this or right. that, right? <clears throat> but instead of like gathering this information and just keeping it, you know, for our benefit, no, we're putting it, we're going to put it back out. Yeah. So same thing. Like if I'm, if I'm a, uh, an engine instructor, I can say, hey, 80% of people are using this tip or that tip, like from what we were able to find, you know, from the findings. So that'll be coming out uh, later awesome. this month. Like, yeah. and, th and that goes to what, what it's all about, transparency, right? Like mm -hmm. you're, you're going to build a survey to follow the trends. So over the course of time, right, not only is it going to help you figure out how to navigate with the end user to understand what the, what the popularity is, how the mm -hmm. curves are going, but it's also going to paint a picture about the American Fire Service too. Mm -hmm. yep. and, it's, and it's when you're putting out the answers to the survey and, and giving the numbers of the findings, it's total transparency. Mm -hmm. And that speaks to <laughs> the ethics, the, the authenticity of what you're doing and your drive to make the fire service better. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And it, 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 goes, it goes to the same end. Um, there's, many, there's many layers. There's many components to the system. We're a piece of it. It all needs to work together you know, for the win. And, you know, the best practices that we can share, that's how you get that information because, well, that's part of the system. You know, no, we don't make hose. We don't do all that. We're not, we don't have the answers to those questions, and I can't say the best thing for your fire department right. or mine, right? So if you can approach it with that all-encompassing core package of data that it takes to make an educated decision based on your world, to us, that's a win, you know? Sometimes we sell product as a result of that. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we don't even know. But it's relevant enough. It's like the justification that we look at when we look at brass tacks, hard facts. You know, the analytics that, that I study and Chris studies isn't, oh, oh, you know, we got 17 likes on this. We go much deeper than that. It's minutes viewed. And the minutes viewed add relevance to the, to the, to the content. Right. And, you know, our, our, last, our last analytics are better part of a year old that, almost six years of constant viewing. That's minutes viewed. That's people staying on looking at that subject matter that long, which tells us it's needed. Yeah, that wasn't no doubt. prompted by mm -hmm. us. It's, right. You can click off at any time you want. Right, right. So, and, uh, you know, I shared earlier, you when we first launched season one, you, you know, when you started seeing posts like, you know, Group B, get, watch this in anticipation of a discussion the next time we're on shift, that's a home right. run. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, and hopefully you're having it prior to, like we were saying, oh, we had a mishap in a call, chauffeur screwed it up or something. That created it, but let's get it ahead of time, right? Yep. And there's, you know, engine's cool again, right? We, we, we say it all the time. Yeah, engine's yeah, cool yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, you know, for years it was chalk and rescue and nothing's wrong with that, but um, how, how did he, uh, Brian coined it? When you start seeing more pictures of a nozzle and hose packages on social media, you yeah, do burnt uh, up helmets. Burnt and, up helmets, you know, you're you starting know, to make a difference. You're making yeah. a difference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of this perfect storm of, you know, I don't know. It's almost like this back to basics approach, and we we've heard that for a long time in the fire yeah, service. Sure. But it is. It's it's back to, you know, it's as my craft. I'm a journeyman. <laughs> you know, hear these these terms now, and and I'm honing it. And and water on the fire is the 
basic function, right? Absolutely. You know, everything's there to support that. That's right. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, and you're, I, we respect that, how you guys are structured, very culturally driven, and, and that mirrors well with us because yeah. our personalities are driven by that. Um, and the cultural aspect has not changed. You, you want to do the job, you want to do it well. I mean, that's your challenge. I mean, what did you say when you signed up, you know? Uh, you want to be famous for creating cellar holes, or you want your guys high five and a fist right. bump? I mean, we and push when each can, other every second of the day. Nice push hit on be better. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, so, and that's that's what it's about. Is is here's here's tools that can help you be better at it, um, which means we all come home. Yeah, I love the understanding though of educating us, educating mm-hmm. me, Rob, Sebi, right, and the rest of the the fire world about nozzles and proper water flow and so on. Brass tacks, hard facts. That is your animal. You guys created that concept. Um, and Jerry, you just alluded to it, the amount of views and focal point of conversation it's become in firehouses. Can we talk about the the backstory about Brass Tax a little bit, Chris? You know, maybe the backstory. Yeah, yeah. I love the the little, like, how you got the name and so on. I yeah, just think yeah. it really paints a picture of what you guys, you know, what you guys represent. Right. So uh, so we kind of had this uh, discussion in our booth at FDIC uh, with uh, with Brian Brush of all people, and um, Brian and I have now become like very good friends. Yeah. And at the time, I really didn't know the guy, and I always kind of jab him. I'm like, you know, like, hey, we need to sit down with Brian Brush and talk about something. I go, oh yeah, like he's the ladders guy, right? Nice. Like I've seen him throwing ladders in Colorado. Nice. You know, I'm like, you're the ladders guy, bro. And he's like, uh, you know, so that's our little uh, inside joke. Sure. But uh, we kind of, he's like, you know, hey man, like. Not all, you know, all of us have kids now and we can't travel as much. Is there a way we could maybe like capture some training, you know, on video? And, and my wheels immediately like, you know, the light went on and then turning. And, and I'm like, you know what? You're right. Because most manufacturer videos are something like, you know, this is, this is the model one. If you don't use the model one, your fires aren't going to go out. Right. Like, uh, we know that's not true. Right. And um, you know, firemen can sniff that out pretty sure. fast if it's not authentic, right? So then we came up like, all right, how do we execute this thing? So like a good, you know, the attention span uh, or the length of a song is about what we have, right? Three to five minutes. Uh, longer than that, they're going to click off, right? Shorter than that, we can't get the whole message through. So it's like, all right, well, let's do like three to five minute topics and we'll reach out to the instructor network that basically we've just made. We're friends. We're personal yeah. friends with all right. these people, you know? So as opposed to us delivering the message, uh, bring some credibility to the table of having, you know, some squared away engine instructors talking about this. So um, we went and had, um, we ended up filming these in uh, Minnetonka, Minnesota, <laughs> of all places. Yeah. So um, my old fire chief where I work part-time uh, relocated and became the chief of Minnetonka. Jerry went there and did a class and Jerry's doing a Know Your Flow class for uh, Chief Vance, and uh, there's cameras rolling around and drones and stuff. And Jerry's like, "What? What's going on?" And John's like, "Well, you know, we got a guy that's like in the video. You know, uh, don't worry about it. You yeah, know, all right, whatever. You know." And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple of weeks pass, and and this guy by the name of Brian Kerr, Brian Brian sends a video to Jerry saying like, "Hey, here's here's what I filmed for your class, and it was an awesome video of like a Know Your Flow class. We, we ended actually up using created a loop. We yeah. ran it at our FDIC booth <laughs> yeah, for a couple of years over yeah. it, and we're like, yeah, 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 really yeah. good, very high quality. You know, nice. so it was kind of like very serendipitous. Is like, 
you know, Brian, they were talking about this instructor video thing and like, all right, well, we can make this happen. We know the guys, we know the content. And then I kind of like look over and the loops playing in the booth. I'm like, look, I got to call guy. this guy. Yep, I got a guy. You know, yep. let's call this guy. And um, so, you know, that's the, that's the reality. Like, you know, anytime you're filming something, whether it's for your fire department, like train division or your side hustle or whatever it is, like it's a process, right? And a lot of times what we find uh, like a lot of people, I'm sure, is you hire an ad agency or an outside company and they come in and film. You spend half of the day saying like, you know, firefighters talk like this or show this, don't show this. And and you don't yeah, they're not always get there. Right. You know, you always don't get there. Right. So the beauty of this was Brian Kerr and that Brian also works for Minnetonka Fire Department and is a training officer for And them. he gets it. So That's now it. the guy like doing all the editing is doing it from the perspective of how I would train a firefighter on sure. this. So like, hey, I'll throw an animation video in to maybe clear this up or paint the picture better. And that's really kind of the home run linchpin of this whole thing was um, it's great content, but it was very authentic and it really was filmed and edited where a lot of people uh, missed the mark, right, Sebi? on the editing shout out to the oh, yeah. shout out without him I, you know we got nothing um, we barely is, have anything as it is but is that that's that's where the pull through that that's where you frost right you know yeah. so that was kind of the whole story of it so we did we did season one i don't know we had almost 40 some episodes and when we did season two um and we had uh i think we're up to like 71 72 episodes now we're kind of got some stuff in the back we've been kicking around to keep it going but yeah that's fantastic um, yeah. i just i love everything about it it's um <coughs> it's quick it's to the point mm -hmm. and it really paints a picture of understanding mm -hmm. um it's not you know it's absolutely in touch with what we want to see and want to hear mm -hmm. um and kudos to you guys i mean i i think it's great and anybody listening or following our platform um, I'm sure knows all about brass tacks, hard facts, but if for you're, you're living under a rock and you don't <laughs> social, it up. yeah, Google <laughs> it up because it's definitely worth the watch and you're going to end up watching one right after another. Um, the, uh, you mentioned on the name. So when we were kind of yeah. like, what do we call this yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. So we, we used to have this old company newsletter in like the fifties and sixties and we've got some copies floating around. When I, when I'll get back next week, I'll post them up on our social media cool. channels. Yeah. It'd be Instagram great to see stuff. people will be able to see them. They're really cool. But the newsletter was called Brass Tax, right? So it's like the uh, Elkhart Brass News, Brass Tax, you know, and kind of hard facts, obviously, just kind of fit with the sure. role in. And then now it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how it blew up. So we're very appreciative of everybody watching the stuff. And, but that's it. They're getting the knowledge and, the and, and getting it to places where you might not get this message or understand something or it's, it's different now than once you learned it in your Fire One book or whatever, yeah. you know. I kind of, I, what I also like about it too, I'm just looking at the banner here too and, and the uh, established 1902. And this is a company that is steeped in tradition and culture and it's got a long history. Very much so. And, you know, just hearing about the the uh, the building, it's a big old brick building, like yeah, just the man. nostalgia of it all, right? Really adds to the brand and the the, the passion for nozzles and, and appliances and you know, I think of like the old school pictures, the black and whites, you know, of, mm -hmm. of the old school mm -hmm. farming and took great pride in their nozzles, you know, and, and I see that with, with you guys, Elkhart and, and moving forward. And then what's really cool about that is then a a company steeped in tradition and culture rolls out the understanding that more is needed on levels of communication that's going to reach the people and things like brass tacks that you roll out on the social media mm -hmm. and so on. It takes a company that's steeped in tradition and culture, but makes them relevant today. 
mm-hmm. takes pride in their product and pride in the education behind their product. And frankly, I mean, that just makes, you know, you guys really stand out because of that. I think it's I oh, appreciate you saying yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to dig in also. You guys have a fantastic relationship between the two of you. Um, you guys do all these training conferences and you work with some of the, if not all the best in the industry. Um, I'd love to just talk about that a little bit. You know, the conferences, the micro conferences, the bigger conferences and so on, the benefits of that. But I also think too, what we're losing in the fire service today is the, uh, the fire gods, the icons for the next generation. Um, you guys are a part of that whole picture. And that's why tonight sitting here with you guys, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just a little starstruck with you guys, mm-hmm. you know, just thinking about what you guys have been able to bring to the table, who you work with and the output that you give the fire service. I'd love to just hit on one, Chris, Jerry, you know, your relationship with each other, because you guys mm-hmm. seem to feed off and work off each other very well. But two, also um, some of the rock stars in this industry that have so much to give. Mm-hmm. and the passion for the job. I, I just want to talk about that a little bit, if you wouldn't mind diving in. Yeah, I'll take off on that. Yeah. Um, first off, Chris and I, you know, we go back. Yeah, Chris worked for the company uh, prior to me. I started with two, in 2006. He was, he was there already and already had evolved from the West Coast uh, to doing some international work with us. Um, we got along well. We were both firemen. Um, bit of an age difference, not too much, but uh, that comes very apparent later why, why that's an advantage. Um, <laughs> we're, we're of like minds and, and our approach to the market was something that we had commonality with all of our people did. So we kind of hit it off. Um, you know, I'm kind of intrigued by this young buck who we, you know, hire as an intern right. out of college and, you know, uh, and we're sending him overseas and doing all sorts of neat stuff with him. And, and I don't know, you might've been a little intrigued cause I'm an East coast guy and, yeah, you know, you, you had traveled out here yeah. and. You know, we're going to get on the job and all that type of stuff. Yeah. But uh, no, so that, that, that became the bond. Um, we had different worlds for a couple of years. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and then, you know, Chris went a different way and ended up coming back and it all worked in the end. But um, I think it's, it, we're like-minded and, you know, uh, we're, we're blessed enough with, with the, our, our corporate structure where we're, we're given some latitude uh, to create things as long yeah. as they work, they need to work. Uh and that's what we do. Uh, we work hard. Our people work hard uh, because we're committed to it and we believe in it. So uh, my challenge that we had thrown out was we need to create a personality for our brand and it has something to do with people. The message is second to yeah. the person delivering it. Uh, so that, that's where the, I think the seed came and that's where our, mm-hmm. our, our bond is extremely uh, tight because we're both very, very passionate that comes out. Um, <coughs> We're committed to it, uh, despite whether there's a financial gain to it or not. It's right. the right thing to do. Yeah, you of know course. I mean? It's like the whole approach with the educational thing. Right. Eventually, you know, we're 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 a we're we're a pretty strong company. Um, we do well. We work hard, um, but the motive in some cases maybe isn't quite as as common as people would think. I get it. I get it. What about you, Chris? What do you? Yeah, it's kind of that that dichotomy of. You know, depending on what's going on, you know, the good cop, bad cop, you know, Jerry and I was like, Jerry's kind of the outside guy. I'm the inside guy. You know, we'll get to the point, you know, I kind of give Jerry the nudge. I'm like, uh, you might have to go Jersey on this guy. Yeah, there you, you go. Know? Yeah, I like that. Uh, and, you know, we make it happen. But I think that's the big difference of it is that we work well with each other, but we're coming from this from different perspectives. But our... Uh, we talked about this earlier, you know, like what makes a good instructor, right? right? Passion and expertise. 
So we're both passionate about what we're doing and we both have a level of expertise when it comes to water flow. Absolutely. But obviously my, how I've been thumbprinted is different than how Jerry's been thumbprinted, but ultimately we share that same commonality. Yep. So yeah, there'll be times when we're out on a, a hot, a hot training, for example, and you know, I'm obsessing about the product and what's holding up or what's not holding up or some guy going like, Hey man, you ever thought about doing this? And it's like, Oh, that's interesting. You know, where Jerry might be doing more of like educational, you know, um, going deeper on that sure. end of it. Right. Sure. So even though, uh, the, and, and usually like we'll only kind of overlap at the higher profile ones for that reason. Um, but, yeah, but you guys complement each yeah, other. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, 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 no doubt. Um, and then as far as kind of the uh, instructor network, you know, man, one of my fondest memories of interning at Elkhart Brass was, you know, going to Ayaria's, which was this little small Italian restaurant in Indianapolis during FDIC and me being, you know, 20 years old. And there's, uh, you know, Dave McGrail and Jeff Shoup and Mark Wesseldine and all these guys, Tom Murray, just sitting there holding court. And yeah. I'm just like the young guy sitting on my hands, like, yep. you know, and so, so a lot of these, you know, relationships, you know, go back a really long sure. time with, you know, different, uh, reps we've had, you know, like Roger Johnson was a kind of a mentor of mine. He was kind of our, um, our, uh, Midwest Indiana guy. So he kind of held court at FDIC, tell stories about me and Andy Fredericks for the first time and things like that, yeah, you know, incredible. I mean, so a lot of these, um, these relationships, although they seem, you know, well, Elkhart's got this guy in or that guy in, like, we're just friends, you know, yeah. we've, we've, and we've made they're, that they're over not, the years, you know, they're not compensated. They're not our payroll. It's, right. It's, yeah. It's, again, it goes back to being like-minded. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, Chris says they, they predate us. Um, it only makes sense to, to have your products in the hand of people that have a high frequency of use. If we can be subject matter experts in the creation of a fire stream, let's talk to some subject matter experts of, of getting it down a hall in a challenging situation, whether it be a single story frame or a, you know, 108 story high rise. Yeah. Um, and this, this is where it bridges the generations. And you talk about the challenge of, of, of passing on culture, you know, you the fire service, fire service isn't known for, for treating its young well, which is unfortunate. You're right. You're absolutely okay. right. Yep. And you know, you're talking about subject matter that really has not changed. Right. <coughs> you know, it's GPM versus PTU. It's pretty simple math. Um, sooner or later you win, but is it effective? Yeah. And are you in danger? Right. So that's where this has become a thing. Um, but that material, when you start interacting with an instructor network, it doesn't matter the demographic. It can be somebody in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, guys that have been on longer than, than, than we're talking about. That part is relevant and bridges every generation. And, you know, the experience that's offered relative to the mistakes that have been made in that arena, is, the, is that's what drives the desire for this kind of knowledge. Um, you know, when you can talk to uh, Bobby Morris, uh, you know, John Norman, Salka, any, any of those guys um, from large jobs, guys from smaller jobs, guys that are f both career and volunteer. Yeah. Um, you, you look at how a lot of instructor groups structure their cadres. Yeah. No There's doubt. large urban, small <coughs> career, mid-sized combination volunteers because you're you have to appeal to the entire demographic right. because the problem 
the problem that drives the spec for this solution is the same for a major urban fire department as it is for a small single engine fire department that might get a job a year. It needs to be simple, mm -hmm. intuitive, spec to your weakest link, right. but be adequate flow for the fire you're going to. Because you can't spec it to your star. What if you're not working with the 18 that day? Yep. You know, yeah, you're I, absolutely I, right. I just kid around in classes. I say, you look in the back, and you're like, oh, well, shit, we're going to lose. Some days peanuts, some days shells. That, you're not always working with the egg. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's awesome to like even acknowledge that because people won't. That's right. reality. Yeah. Yeah. What What's, what's the you, acronym yeah, yeah, I put up yeah. every class I do? Starts. I put a big C, P, R, and that's one of the things I put on the whiteboard every time I'm, I'm in a, an instructional setting, and it has nothing to do with chest pump. It's the confidence to pursue reality. And the reality is your attack package has to be. F enough water for today's fire, the fire you're presented with, manageable by one firefighter. You and I might start together. You hit two or three bends on a house fire. You're yep. at the pinch point. That's right. We're alone. And it has to be manageable by your weak link. By themselves. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's simple to say, hard to get to. It's a lot of work to get there. Yeah. We, you know, we always work in that absolute. We always work in that perfect environment, mm -hmm. right? Never happens. No. But that's what we train for. That's how we... You know, realistic. We were talking about realistic training the other night, right? I mean, we always we always uh, shoot for the best and we hope for the best, right? And ninety nine percent of the time, we don't get the best. And you know, it's it's yeah. just it's hard to it's hard to work that way. I think too the other thing, Chris, you were talking about, you know, sitting in a in the restaurant like that with some incredible names and just being a fly on the wall, if you will, and yeah, a yeah. young kid. I mean, you know, that's all part of it too for me to be able to understand that experience matters. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we're losing that. And I think that, you know, we're, we're getting away, we're shying away from conversations like that or we're playing dumb or turning a blind eye. You know, we, experience does matter. In this industry, it matters. And you guys are on a level where you're at these conferences with some of the best names in the industry that have a lot to share. Mm -hmm. And what I love about it, we talked about those micro conferences, the smaller conferences where it's maybe 150 to 200 you know, guys and girls that show up for that training conference. I think it's great because what happens is like-minded people, Jerry, we talked about this before, mm -hmm. like-minded people find each other. And when you, when you invest to go to these conferences, you get to surround yourself often with some incredible names yeah. who bring a lot to share, not just experience, but life knowledge, stories. Yes. Storytelling is a part of the fire service. Um, to be able to be a young kid and sit in a room like that, Right, Invaluable. like you, you just can't get that in in the the class of that instructor, that guy. I mean, they're they're gentlemen, right? I mean, yeah, that's you know, exactly yeah, it. Yeah, I right. mean, a story I've told before is like, um, I uh, I got out of college in two thousand three. I moved to California. I grew up in Indiana, so I was the Indiana boy living on the West Coast. And our East Coast guy, Gordy Harris, at the time was just an old school East Coast guy. Been here forever, so he calls me up. Hey, kid. Um, you got to go to Angel's Camp, California on this day. Wear an Elkhart shirt, introduce yourself, represent the company. I go, okay, sure. Whatever, yeah, or, you right. know. Well, then come to find out this was the, so this was 2003. So this was the second year of the Andy Fredericks Memorial Golf Tournament. Oh, okay. Okay, so Gordy was very close with Andy and these guys, and hey, here's they're, they're doing a charity for Andy. We need to represent and be there and support and whatever we can do. We got a nozzle coming, things like that. And, you know, so just picture me. It's like 
22 year old kid, you know, uh, Hey everybody, you know, and, yep. and then I kind of walk up in the parking lot and I'll never forget to this day. And these guys are hanging out and it's like Daryl Liggins and Shoop. And I think I mentioned Wesseldine and Ted Corporandi. And these guys are just, they're standing in the parking lot, drinking beer. And I park my car and I walk up and I'm like, Hey, uh, I'm the, <laughs> I'm the Elkhart guy, <laughs> you know? And, and, and again, this, this is a testament to like, what well, gentlemen, these guys were like, Hey man, awesome. Like, thanks. Come, yep. come on in. Yeah. You're one of us, right? You made it here. You know, thanks for representing here for the right cause. Like, and I just, I got to share that story with Daryl just a couple of years ago. I never really told him that. And, uh, it was kind of cool just to kind of like connect the dots, you know, so many years later. Of, yeah. That's it. Like you don't realize, I think you mentioned it earlier, like seeing some young guys on a fire, like yep. you don't realize like who you're touching. That's right. Uh, I think Von Appen uses like thumbprinting, like mm-hmm. who you're thumbprinting, yeah. like along your journey that 20 years later, you're like, I remember that dude. Like yeah. he was, he was good to me, you know, kind of thing. And you, and you pass that forward in a way. But and it, I, and it's defining, so... defining moment in your career. Yeah. hundred percent, you know? So from that point on, you know, Andy Fredericks was interwoven. Like I, you know, I'll be the first to admit, I had no idea who he was before that. Right. Um, but after, and, and, and it was kind of funny, like, um, uh, in college, we had a group of um, firefighters that would come from 44 engine in New York. It was like Upper East Side, and their uh, le- their mascot was like a leprechaun. Yeah, it's Fighting like, Irish yeah, or whatever. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Right, yep. So exactly. I was a student fireman at Notre Dame, so they would come every year for a Notre Dame game, and then we would go out there for St. Patrick's Day. Okay. Okay. So it was kind of like a, you know, really cool exchange program. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. Doubt. Yeah. That's great. So like, uh, so, uh, as soon as I was of age, you know, I, I, I made the trip to St. Patrick's day and this was the one right after nine 11. And some of our guys had stayed at the time. Squad 18 was with 20 truck at the right. time. Cause okay. they remodeling their firehouse. And, uh, we just like stayed there and, you know, we're like, I bought the t-shirt or whatever. And it wasn't until like a couple of years later, like Andy's name was on the shirt. Yeah. You know, and, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know at the time, you know, so just like those weird kind of threads that kind of connect things. I, and I love paying attention to the past and how it impacts you today and all that stuff. It does. And I think it's important, too, because it, it takes, you know, you talk about being a gentleman and that's what it's about. Right. Like everything's interwoven in this. I just more as I get older and older with my children and life and business and National Fire Radio. It's just so cool how everything wives, you know, winds in and out of itself. And, you know, I talk about the fire service and you have a circle here and a circle here. And then this circle overlaps <laughs> that circle with mm-hmm. one or two guys. And yeah, that, yeah. they're in that. And it's just it's such an uh, interesting and cool concept. And I what I want to do is instill that into this younger generation, the younger guys in the firehouse. When, you know, I always talk about when somebody pulls up on the ramp of the firehouse asking for directions, I always like to see who's going to go out and talk to, you know, Mrs. Smith, who's who's lost, right? And typically it's the older guys because the engagement from the younger guys just a lot of times doesn't happen. Engagement is so important. You know, when, when you talk about Andy Fredericks, like, and you said, I didn't know who he was, but you certainly know his story now and it's left an impact on you. Right. And your fire service career. And I love stories like that. I think that that fuels our growth and desire to better ourselves and then better the job, too. Mm-hmm. 100%. I, think, I, I think so. I believe yeah. that wholeheartedly. I, I would agree. And those are the things we talked a little bit about this earlier that you need to share. And you need to share them for that reason. Right. Um, you know, as, as a culture, we don't pass on stories well. Other cultures do it much better than we do. But, you know, think back when 
you first got in the firehouse, right? Your dad was in the firehouse, yep. uncles, brothers, cousins, yep. right? And, and the same with probably all of us. You learned as much, if not more, at that table than you Absolutely. did in a class. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. You know, and I mean, there's the challenging thing with a lot of training programs at the state level. They're so academic now. They're lacking that. You know, it's... Um, Gotta make, make that check mark. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're teaching to pass a test as opposed yeah. to comprehend the material. I mean, I'd like I mean, you guys take on this one. Like, this came up at the 350 line um, conference we did in Richmond, um, what, about a month or so ago? Yeah. And I thought it was a really interesting question um, where somebody from the audience said like, Hey, um, you know, when you go to a micro conference like that, you know, and then you go back to your fire department, you know, you feel like you're the outsider, like you're the only guy into it. Like, you know, my, do I feel like I'm the only person that's paying attention to this? Like, so that the question was like, do you feel that people are less into the job now than they were in the past kind of thing. You see where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. So like, and I think about that, like there's pockets of this everywhere. Like, you know, my stepdad, his dad were all South Bend firefighters. So I, I grew up, you know, hanging out in the firehouse from a young age and riding my bike to the local firehouse. And like those, those guys were always into the job. I get it. You know, Absolutely. like, so is it that, uh, you know, people air out what they're doing more often <laughs> that maybe, you know, it looks like they're not into it, or is it this like it's like this pendulum swing, right? Everybody likes to use that example of like, you know, I'm way over here or way over here when many people might be in the middle. Um, I don't know what the answer is, but I I, I don't know that people are less what? into it today than they were twenty maybe, years maybe ago. Maybe more people are aware yeah. of what's going right. on. But why right. is it? Why? I think that they're into it, and I think they're aware. But like when you pulled out your phone, I think that I think there's a more of a of a chance for people. And we, we talked about negative influences in social media mm -hmm. and, and some of the detrimental effects they can have. And I think there's people out there who like, and you know, you put it very eloquently before, like they're in mom's basement. So they're not going to that, that <laughs> mini conference. They're not right. trying to better themselves. Right. Why the it, first thing they're going to do is shit on somebody. Who comes why is it not? Okay. Knowledge is a threat to them. Why is it not okay <laughs> to be into the job? Why is it when one or two guys come back from a conference and they're all fired up and they're ready to go, Guys will turn around and they'll shit on them, right? Why is it not okay to be into the job? It's okay. Like, we talk about it all the time. The job is good. I did a brotherhood speech a couple weeks ago for a conference, right? The opening conference night. And the whole message of that 35, 40-minute conversation that I had with everybody in that room mm -hmm. was the job is good. Let's enjoy it. Let's celebrate it. You know, yeah. this, the phone, phone just exposes. We talked about this. The phone yep. exposes, right? Like, it's okay to be into it. It's okay to be a buff. It's okay to see how other people are doing it because, frankly, everybody is doing it. What I don't understand is why we have to become so guarded that we don't allow it to, our love to, to shine and beam over the top about how good the job is. Yeah. It's almost like I'm afraid to tell you how much I love the job because I'm worried about what you think. Yeah, that's, I, I don't know, you know. We've become so guarded. Well, we or, have, and that comes from poor thumbprinting, I guess, in the yeah, past. Right, they weren't, right? it, 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 they were They were brought up wrong. Um, you know, that goes back to the culture. I mean, what do you teach first in the firehouse? You know, the task or the culture. Um, you got to get the culture down. And, I like that. You know, yeah. and that's, I've never heard that. That's, I like that. That's, that's the respect, no, sure. 
you know. Uh, yeah, well, I was looking for another idea. <laughs> I got an idea. Please send that to Please me. Send that, yeah. Text that to me. I, I need one for, for yeah. April. Yeah. Um, Just for right, you did pull out your notepad earlier, too. <laughs> I did. I did. There's <laughs> a stone. But that's tablet. it. You know, if you, if you lose, you know, to me, if you lose culture in the firehouse, you won't get it back. You're going to breed in a generation that will not have that. Right. If you instill it early and carry that through, um, it helps in the application of those tasks. People have a higher sense of ownership. Um, it's the company concept. Two plus two equals five. We, we cover each other. It's driven at that company level. And if you if you lose that, I really, I don't think you can get it back. It's hard. I've seen organizations just tank for I'm not saying they can't go to fires. They go to fires, but it's different. So it's it's very easy to go to a fire and take care of the, the the the, the situation because I always look at it as like it's real easy to negotiate or to figure out what to do when there's a gun at your head yeah. because it's this oh oh crap I have to deal with this mm-hmm. but like when it, it's all that um, being back with each other between that fire and if that culture isn't taught and you lose that like that's where the department tanks it tanks in morale it tanks yeah. in people eating at each other yeah it does stabbing each other in the back. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate. And some of us are really experiencing it. And it's yeah. just a sad thing to see. I, s- it, I saw this on... drive people out. I oh, saw absolutely. The, I saw this on uh, that's Trial by Fire, Central. where it's like, you know, you know, cohesion is the ultimate killer of low morale, right? So, like, love it. we've all yeah, got good, right? issues, mm-hmm. man. Like, it doesn't matter if you're at home or you're at work, right? But when I'm going to the firehouse, like, what can I control, like, my... My crew, right? right? Like that's or my world my, I'm in charge of, yeah. right? So, like if if that's crappy and you don't get along, like uh, and you don't drill together, and then you you're on the way to the fire, and like uh, what do you? Hey, what line do you want pulled? Uh, well, I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there. You know, like uh, come on. You know that yeah, it, there's it also a high level there. of confidence. And then the other, yeah, right, yeah. You know the other thing that's like important too, and I mean I'm just enamored with it. If I come to like you know New York is like because obviously the company and every firehouse and I stay in the firehouse and whatnot is like it's even like you know shift Christmas parties and getting together off of work and seeing you know you're all reading each other, know everybody's strengths and weaknesses, right? So if you can kind of learn that in a variety of environments, and when um, it hits the fan. You know, you know, like, hey, man, um, he's really strong here. He's not so good here. He's really strong here. I'm not so good here, but I'm strong here. Yeah. And we can all work together as a team, right, to get it done. But you don't know that unless you're, you know, the the company concept, I can control that. I can be into that. I can spread that. I can, you know, um, direct that, foster that, whatever you want to say, right? But um, I think so many people are like, well, you know, the department vibe is this, so... I'm not going to do it or whatever. But yeah. Like, you the, know, the performance, the performance follows that attitude is we were just saying <coughs> it's, it's, you'll lose people, but you're also going to draw the wrong type. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, or um, empower the wrong ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, and you, know, you get to the point where your quality, you know, well, how's the, how's that saying go? When you're passionate, people start to leave, you know, you really should, that's a, that's a flag. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you like, know. like, uh, an analogy was like, um, you know, well, um, I don't, I don't care if they leave. Uh, we'll, we have a whole nother recruit class coming in. Okay. Okay. So, so let's think about this. Like if I'm a a 10 year employee of Google, okay. Am I going to care if I go jump over to Yahoo 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a big deal. I get it. Yeah, because guess what? They got kids coming out of college every year. Right. But is that kid out of college the same as a 10-year employee at Google? Like, no. You know, it's retention. It's keeping them there and motivating them. And, uh, you know, like the, the, the way to motivate people right by the book is like what achievement and recognition and things like that. Like, of course, we like a pat on the bat every now and then, even though we're not going to say that. But, you know, you report reward the people from staying there instead yep. of like, well, if you don't like it, you can leave. Yeah. You know, well, come on, man. Like I've spent, you know, so many years of my life in this place. Right. But the devil's advocate to this conversation goes back to the, the CPR, the reality I was talking about before. You know, I work a lot with it with our more larger urban <coughs> fire departments and trials. And the reality is the job does not draw what it used to draw. Okay. It, it brings a different person in some cases. And, and you know, I, I say it in a funny way. Uh, it's not funny, but I, I, I use it in classrooms to say there's not enough outlying stations to put these people at. Sooner or later, they're coming to a fire. That's why this package has to be simplistic enough for them. Right. Because that could be on your six that day. Because <laughs> what's, what's your, what's, what you're saying, you know, because we put open and close on the nozzle. Right. Right. And, and we that know those people are still going to screw that up. Yeah. You know. So the simpler you can make this yeah. and, and make it easy for the firemen and make it, you know, the nozzle reaction manageable, but yet the flow is still effective. Like you're setting them up to win when we all know this is something most firefighters probably aren't thinking about when they jump off the rig. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, you know? literally there, it, it, and that, it was one of the, my, our, my favorite church too, right? Yeah. Just because water's coming out doesn't mean you're doing it right. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I don't know if we did the day of the <laughs> nozzle on July 8th. Uh, we had some fun with it. Yeah, it was know. good time. Oh, it was fun. awesome. Yeah. It was yeah, yeah, from yeah. a social media so, guy, yeah, yeah, I ate yeah. it up. I think you I was know. sending you messages. Yeah, you like, oh, I, I intentionally. So, this I that played, that was it, mind was it the yeah. day of the nozzle or was it 7 eighths day? There was some confusion there. So yeah. I had to capitalize on that because I'm a 15 16 user. Ah. So that's where I went, make right? make longer. Well, no, but you know that that's that's the point. The powerful company. It doesn't matter what. It matters how. Right. And, and, yeah. and, and, and are you working to get there? And that, that's where it has to work. Um, because it all does come back to that. That's where I live. Right. Right now. I get it. You know? Uh, yeah, I was up there before, but that's where I live now. Yeah. And, and, and I need to understand it. And I need to know it. Because I'm responsible for making it work. And I'm responsible for making that work, whether I'm volunteer, combination, or career, and I also have to understand that the person sitting next to me, it could be their last fire or it could be their first fire, and they're expected to perform at the same level same of level. expertise. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why that has to be a no-brainer. And, and any equipment package does. I don't know, a saw, a nozzle, whatever it may be. It, that, those are your tools. Yeah, well said. Absolutely well said. So where are we going to go from here, right? So, I mean, we hit up culture. We talked about brass tacks. Um, you know... One last thing on culture, and what, I, what I'm enamored with with you guys is that, you know, um, educating, educating and instilling the culture of how important it is to seek out like-minded people and people that bring passion and experience. Mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of guys that don't have experience but have a lot to say. Mm. Um, those are the guys that I talk about that <clears throat> typically uh, spend, you know, they, they happen to stay home the weekend of the training you know, or the, or the conference and they don't so go. Uh, right. Live burns today. So yeah, I'm right. running sick. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. So 
I can't implore people enough, the people that follow us and listen to us and, and check out your content, like experience matters. I'm sitting here with mm-hmm. an incredible amount of experience. I We had some conversations earlier, and man, did I not feel smart? I mean, you know, I'm not a smart guy, but you two are, when it comes to nozzles and hydraulics and so on, I mean, this is where you want to sit and, and, and listen, you know? So I can't stress that enough, um, how important that is, because I think that message is getting lost. And I think we have to view who we talk to and where we're getting our information from to be sure that we're putting out the right mm-hmm. information. So, awesome. It was, uh, that was actually one of the, probably the more challenging things with Brass Tax Hard Facts is, you know, we, we work and get along and are, and, and are friends with the majority of the instructor set. Um, but there's a challenge identifying the demographic and who we wanted to utilize. Right. You know, the message could be the same from all of them, but mm-hmm. the... You know, I mean, it's like when you run into, if you're in an organization that's resistant to change on your job, um, sometimes bringing someone in from the outside is what it takes, right? You've heard that everybody's a subject matter expert yep. 15 minutes from home. Yep. So we had to put a lot of conscious effort into that. And the, the message is consistent. It bridges generations, but how it's delivered and who delivers it nowadays is more relevant than it ever has been. Yeah. Um, so it, you you have to find a way. that That is a cultural challenge is um, – you talk about people that don't even know the names of people that we consider to be icons now. Right. And who's tier two, right? Who's coming up? And who are we Set. cultivating? And, you know, we're, we're, we're lucky. Everyone wants to be associated with us, and we want to be associated with everyone, but there's a selection process there, too. Of course. Too, you there, know? Has to um, there has to we be. We don't know who the next, you know, tier one instructor circuit guy is going to be. So, we, you know, we, we, we get along with everybody, and we try to. Um, if they're driven by the right principles. But you see it as well as we do. People come. It's a very short period of frame. Fame. They get their 15 minutes and they move on because they're centered in the wrong spot. Exactly. It's, it, we it's, it's work, right? You yeah. got to, like, how did you guys get, get what you got is, you know, you, 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 you drove, you posted, you had original content. It was authentic. Like, it's hard work. There's no, there's no magic bullet for that, right? You got to put the effort in. Yeah. So, you know, same thing, like all this stuff. This isn't just magically show up one day and we say, here it is. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So how about we do this too? Because, you know, Alcart is one of many brands yeah. that you guys represent yeah. and that you're a part of. And so I'd love to talk about some other things mm-hmm. um, that you guys are um, a part of, part of the Safe Fleet mm-hmm. family, yeah, right? Sure. So Safe Fleet is the parent right. company yep. of Alcart and many other brands as well. Yep. Um, you know, maybe Chris, we were talking tonight about a few of the other brands and mm-hmm. and things that um, you know. There's some exciting things that are going to start popping and so on with some of the other things that you guys represent. Yep. Um, why don't we dive into that a little bit? Yeah. Little background. Sure. So, uh, 2015, um, we were acquired by Safe Fleet, so we were family owned up until that point, and um, we are grouped with the uh, FRC, Foam Pro, and ROM as the four brands. So um, FRC, a lot of people here, FRC, they might not necessarily know what that is. But what that is, it's like most of your pressure governors are manufactured by FRC. So um, your, your throttles, uh, your scene lighting, Foam Pro is obviously doing your, um, your foam systems, and ROM does your, uh, your roll-up doors. So we're kind of grouped with those companies. So although our world is, you know, squirting water and flowing lines, um, we also have, you know, Elkhart Brass, even just in itself, is in a whole bunch of different divisions. One of those being, you know, we call OEM, so right. working with apparatus. So basically, 
you know, the original as, equipment as, manufacturer. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. as safely goes, we can bring everything kind of to the table that you would need for your apparatus um, and uh, give you, you know, like a, a high technology, uh, modern solution to what's going on. Right. You know, you know, just, you know, simple conversations about lighting, roll mm-hmm. up doors, you know. Yeah. National Fire Radio, we, you know, we take great pride in our apparatus innovation segments that we do. We travel around the country. We go to different firehouses, existing equipment, new equipment coming mm-hmm. off the line at factories. It's so important to educate the end user right. about the product. Yep. Right. Um, we, for a very long time, have always relied on the apparatus manufacturers to tell us how to build trucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe not, you know, maybe the, the core things that can and can't be done. But when it comes to your lighting and roll up doors and, you know, positioning and setup and all yeah, that yeah. stuff, right? We have we have years and years of wisdom in our own fire company about how my engine or truck or rescue or whatever yeah. needs to be set up. And so we should be able to figure out for ourselves, based upon our operations, how we want the truck set up. And then we should be able to have options presented to us mm-hmm. that we can mm-hmm. put on. Right. I think the, the one interesting thing, Chris, um, we were just talking about lighting. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Scene lighting. Yeah. You know, I you take for granted what scene lighting is all about. It's it's a light, right? You know, yep. it's not yeah. sexy. It's not like the you know yeah. this incredible thing that like you're going to sit there and have hour conversations about like right. like we could about the nozzle, right. right? But it's a necessary piece of equipment. Hundred percent. It's something that you know a guy's not you know super passionate about. But on the other hand, is it something he's not super educated about? Exactly. Right. So. That's usually how this goes is you show up and, hey, I'm going to get brand Z fire truck and, hey, we use this brand. Okay, cool. I don't know this or that, right? Whereas, you know, we're here, as I said, in God's country in northern uh, New Jersey. The last couple it's been days, called a lot yeah. worse. I mean, God's country is not. Like, we'll take that. Know, know. There's a tree out I'm there. At Donnie, <laughs> I met Donnie and little Donnie today. Yeah. That's, like a, yeah. That's right. Uh, but, just tell him Big Don yeah, sent Big you. Don sent you. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I just spent a couple days in Long Island at FRC, right? So it was a bit wa- uh, eye-opening to me as, again, the, the common fire common fireman that's living in the nozzle world to see how lights and governors and and things like this are made because, you know, you take it for granted as a commodity almost, right? right? So, you know, I turn the light on and yeah, it's bright. And the light's up the scene. Sure. I, I, you know, how does this go? Like at trade shows, like at trade shows, you always hate being next to the lighting guy because yeah. the guy turns on the yeah. blinds <laughs> like, all the time, right? Yeah, exactly. But it's like, so, but, but, long, right? but there's like, you know, particularly the lighting, like there's a little bit of secret sauce going on, you know? So, I mean, um, like FRC has like a very unique design with their lens, so you think of a lens, you know, I, I, I think of like, you know, a lens on a car headlight keeps it dry and it keeps the bugs off the, li- the bulb. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Whereas this lens actually is bending light. So it doesn't blind you and it's shining in the right spot. So you don't need to have 20,000 lumens. Maybe you need 10,000 lumens. And then you get down to what's a lumen. How many do I need? So anyway, um, we've got some cool stuff coming down the pipeline um, that we're going to be putting out here in the next couple months that kind of will help kind of break down some of the, just kind of, we broke down some of the voodoo behind hydraulics and nozzles. Yeah. The well, plans that's exactly do the it. same thing right. with, with apparatuses. Most people see it as a commoditized thing. When you really start looking at the design, like, you know, the, if you go buy an $80 light for your Jeep off of Amazon, you're going to assume that was manufactured in a foreign land. Right. And I take out the box, I put it on. Whereas these lights 
are all assembled, put together, tested, everything right here in Long Island. Yeah. You know? Yep. So, I mean, it still is an American-made thing done right here with, with really strong engineering and intellectual property behind it with the end user firefighter in mind, yeah. right? This isn't an off-road light that's really bright that we think is going to work really good on a fire truck versus like, oh, no, we, we've sat down with major metropolitan fire parts to see what they want, and we've designed a solution around that. Yeah. As opposed to a really bright light. You and just get I even light. like just the aspect of you showing us the video before of the light getting dunked in a tub of water and turned on. Yeah. And like just seeing some of the different testing that's going into the light because you, you said like no, no one's sitting there in the firehouse being like, man, I can't wait until we get. Oh, my God. Here's yeah, yeah. Rosenbauer right. and stuff in here so they can tell us about scene lighting. Right. Yeah, don't. Right. It's just, gonna be awesome. Cool. But like right. to see to actually see it and, and actually know that somebody's given a shit about yeah. it. It's kind of cool. Well, what do you say? You don't know what you don't know, right? right. Like, and this yeah. is something like up until a couple days ago, I even had a vague representation of what this is. So sure. now, you know, my job is to kind of tell all of you the story of why this is something you should care mm -hmm. about. Well, know? and what I, what I love too is <laughs> earlier when we were talking about this a little bit and you are kind of just giving us a little background on it, I said, do I really care? Right. I said that out loud to you. I yeah, was like, do I do. care? Like, do we you care? Do. Like, do I care that this light's better than this light? And then Chris kind of just, he didn't answer the question right away, but he, he kind of pointed out a few things. And basically how the conversation went was this. Well, you do in a roundabout way. You might not openly care, but you want to make educated decisions. Education is key. Of course. Right? And so you want to know, as much as I don't care about scene lighting, I do care about scene lighting. Yeah. And, you know, it might not be something I'm going to seek out, but if you know, uh, you're willing to put the education out there for us to learn, we're going to digest that information. And we're going to want to learn about it so we can make an educated buy. I mean, it's like the nozzle 10 years ago. Did he, I care how much water came no, out the right, other end? Right, and most other no. people didn't either. Yeah. But it related to your world. Right. I'm blinded or I'm in the dark, or is there an in-between? You know, yeah. it's, it's, right. it's is there like, a smarter way? Of doing I often, it? I, I mean, often like, feel both. It, it does, yeah. do, you know, does, yeah. does a valve, does <laughs> a, a valve, yeah. the, a valve on a deck gun make sense? Well, if you're stuck off tank water and the second do five is five minutes out, yeah, the you know right. quarter of a tank you're going to waste getting the stream where it needs to be. A valve does make sense on right. a deck right. gun. You know, a door. Can I get it open? Yeah. When I need to. Right, of course. Right. We, you know, we, we know it's been a problem. 17 people have walked by it on the 17 past shifts. And all of a sudden, I need that one thing that we only use once a year, and I can't get the door open. Right. It, it, it's affecting your world. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what you said, too, was interesting about, like, you know, you're buying a custom fire apparatus. Absolutely. For your town, village, city, whatever. And for a lot of places, that doesn't happen very often. You know, it might be a once in a five, 10 year, 20 year, 20 thing, year. Yeah. You know, right. So uh, you're, you're spending a lot of money to make sure you get it right. So I think a lot of times they're like, well, yeah, uh, we use this most of the time and we haven't had too many problems with it. Mm, yeah. Okay, sure. We'll take that one. You guys build how many trucks a year versus like, no, I did my homework and this is what we want. And this is going to provide me the best solution. And you can do it because yeah. we're buying a custom fire truck. Right. But again, it's back to the doing your homework, just like you're doing water flow. Yep. You know, it's, it's education, it's educating and the consumer, you know, there's levels of expertise there. And you have to, I have a lot of respect, you know, Elk, Elkhart's a manufacturer. <coughs> That's at this level. We sell through de dealers and distribution. That's at this level. And then we have an end user community. Right. Right. So 
We're an ambassador to the end user community that drives the spec for our products that are purchased by a dealer or ordered on a, a Pierce or a KME, whatever kind of fire uh, apparatus you buy. So if we're spec driven, as opposed to gadget or product driven, that puts it into your hands, all right? Because you're the one that benefits from that. It's the same as that we do with nozzles. How could I possibly, we, we, we were asked to create a class that talked about how to set up the parameters for a hose and nozzle evaluation. And it has not, really not so much to do with brand, but we have to go to a deep dive into the four <coughs> primary designs of right. nozzles that are used by the, the, the fire service. And it's the same with any other product. If you commoditize it, you'll get those results. Mm -hmm. If you buy it like toilet paper, it's a consumable, then that's what you're going to get. Exactly. And you can ask people that are specking a seven, $800,000 fire engine, what valves are on it? Well, the ones that open and close. Yep. Is there a difference? I don't know. Yeah. I got what, what, did I you, got, what did you get? Well, I got two, what the guy said. What he told me I we should put two, on there. I got two cues and two rotor rays and a sweet right. graphics package. So, so yeah. what we do yeah. is, what we try and do, and I'm not knocking the, the sales level of it, but the depth of knowledge, the subject matter expertise in some, in some cases is higher at the manufacturing level and less jaded by what's easier at this level for the consumer who buys at this level. Yeah. So if there's six different valve designs and actuator designs that you can take advantage of based on your world, you might want to have a better understanding of them before you make a decision. Without a doubt. Suspect I, you know, it, it's it just in life in general, how do you make decisions based on no fact or factual right. evidence or education? Google. You're, you're, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. but yeah. I saw it on the internet. Yeah, it's got to yeah, be real. It. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, listen, I put my faith in a lot of things, but... You know, when you're building a project, you know, you're building, I equated it before, when you're building a custom home, custom fire truck, custom home, same mm -hmm. price tag. If I want that tile and I'm paying for it, I want the freaking tile I want. Yeah. Right. You know, like right. there's, there shouldn't have consistency to consistency in the ground. That's, and it just, yeah, yeah. Ex exactly. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. that's personal. It's all of that. And so we're, we're very passionate about that. Um, you know, we talk a lot about the apparatus. We work with different manufacturers. We put out content that is focus driven to educate the end user. Mm -hmm. Um, it's exciting to see what you guys are doing with the couple different lines that you guys offer um, under the, uh, the the family of companies. Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited to see what you guys have coming out because I will tell you, um, Elkhart offers uh, fantastic branding on social media. And you guys, oh, I appreciate um, Chris, Jerry, yeah, I mean, you guys have done really great things, uh, not only to represent yourself and your brand and educating the end user, but making the fire service just that much better um and i love it Thanks man so that. yeah of course but that's fact that's fact and and you can see that so um it's actually a hard fact hard fact yeah. let's get down Not to the really. brass tacks and yeah. the hard fact. yeah i like that you see that's <laughs> wow who came up with that that's incredible <laughs> that's awesome. you know i tell you it's like we said before you know engine's cool again the rig can be cool too you know i I'll, let me i'll toss some love out to dennis you know dennis has always been one and and other people uh you know big water paulie Challenge yourself on the paradigms that you're stuck in. Does a deck gun have to be at 80 PSI? Can you push it harder? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what size is your tank to pump valve? There's things that are decisions that are relevant to your world when you need them, if you put the time into understanding. I mean, you guys yeah. have identified this, that, you know, it's, uh, there's several different tracks, right, we take as a fire service, you know, like uh, engine, truck, fitness, leadership, right? What's, what's my next angle, right? But deep down, we're all fire truck geeks, man. Yeah. You know, 
and there's not a lot of people doing that other than you guys. So we're going to start contributing on that end. Yeah, we're excited to see it, man. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great because at the end of the day, it's all about the end user. Yeah. It's all about making our fire service just a little bit better. And that's what I say to Rob and Sebi and Tucker and the rest of the guys is if we can do just our little part to make it just a little bit better or we educate some kid in Iowa about the difference between X, Y, and Z, I said, we win. It's, it's it. worth it. Same as brass tax, hard facts. So and we have. Same thing. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I think that's one of the best. And I, I, like, that's what I'm so proud about with this uh, this platform is we've heard back from those people who've been like, hey, you've helped me. You've made things better. That's yeah. a, that mm-hmm. validates it. Yeah. Right? That's what I was talking about before about brass tax. That's, mm-hmm. that's awesome. You know, because when you get down, it doesn't matter what you're really good at or what you're a subject matter expert at. The one thing that everybody in this room shares is what? <laughs> We're all firefighters. Right, right, right. Or like, uh, you, know? you know, hey, thanks thanks for letting us borrow a flow meter. That's all I needed to yeah. right. either. It's like I say when we set up our class, I go, it's like Mythbusters, man. And you can't, yeah, that's and you cool. can't, and you can't like do that. Mythbusters yes, without the light detector. Calibrate it in front of the doubting Thomas. Yeah. It's yeah. a piece so of equipment. Yep. It, you put not it right just there. saying it. It's right there. Fact. It's accurate. <laughs> and, fact. And that's the hard fact. So, I mean, yeah, just even loaning somebody a flow meter and then, then sending you a message like, hey, man, thanks. This is why I just, that's all I needed. Yeah. You know, just to kind of, you know, either uh, uh, validate or, you know, not validate what I'm after. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that, I think that circles back to what we were talking about before. The correct culture, every once in a while, there's an attaboy. You know, mm-hmm. and every yes. once in a while, you need that little piece of validation, really, just to push you. And and you know, you sit back for half a second and go, "It was worth the it was worth the push. It was worth the struggle. It was worth the hard work." Right. Um, well, it's important. And I think that people people get validation confused with like coddling, and sometimes validation is simply letting your crew know that you're doing the right thing, or your people know yeah. that you're doing. Yeah. Your, or that it's that it's, so, it's okay to question, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, who. Like, as you were saying that earlier, when did it become okay to perform at such a poor level? You know, I don't want to be a part of that company. No. No. <laughs> right. Mediocracy you know? should not yeah. be accepted. So, you know, um, will you get singled out? Maybe a couple of senior guys will bust your chops. I've seen it kind of turn to the point now where I'm more suspect of the guy that doesn't question things. Yeah. As a senior man. Or like... I uh, want that kind well of questioning. Said. You know, I mean, you go back, it was just a different <laughs> battle. I wasn't fighting this battle, and back in the day, I was fighting the fact that we were using cotton duck coats and we didn't have hoods. You know, yeah. what, what's what's your temperature barometer? My ears and my wrist. Yeah, you know, bad policy, but it, that's what it was. Right, that evolved. We fought that battle. You know, bunkers, hoods, all the you know something that wasn't cotton duck. Something. Yep. You want to talk um, real quick about evolves. like making the committee? You know, you, you, we mentioned that in the class of like, yeah, kind of what's your demographic of if you are out to make like that, that uh, is relative. Change. Yeah. Um, right if you're going to set up, put it this way, if you're going to start a nozzle committee, you're going to end up doing a host committee and an evaluation and vice versa because the package has to work. Right. So who do you want on this and how are you going to be successful with it? It can't be based on emotion or personal opinion. You got some young buck. He's always on the phone. He's into, you know, he understands the Freeman rate principle and, and, and ratios of velocity of water on this. And he goes to a conference and listens to some high-rise guru. Comes back and he's like, hey, boss, we got to go two and a half off a standpipe. Well, why? Well, well, you sent me to this conference. The guy, Dave McGrell, says that's the only thing you should use. Who's Dave McGrell? He's a district chief. Where? Denver. Get out of my office. <laughs> it's not my world, right? Right. That's an opinion. Right. That the, 
But as opposed to, in many cases, you have to structure this group <coughs> just to get a passport to start. But when you start, you need to go deep. You need to get all that data. And who you have on this committee is actually critical. You want the young buck who's push, pushing for change, who's constantly on his phone, who understands what's going on because he's, he's, a, he's a student of it. You also want the senior firefighter who may have been thumbprinted in the 80s or the 70s because without his experience filter, this means nothing. Right. And you want in between. So if you don't have breadth on the committee when it comes time for winning or presenting or even implementation, if you do win, you'll have division. So the other person you want on there is the PowerPoint wizard. It needs to be pretty because I don't, does. even if you're a dinosaur, you, it, it, it does. If yeah. you're not into that and you're still using a flip phone, you know uh, the value of a good PowerPoint. You right. like looking at that <laughs> stuff, okay? So you need that firefighter. And the person who delivers it is absolutely critical. The work may have been done by someone else, but you want that senior firefighter because you could very well be presenting to a chief who hasn't seen the street in 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Sure. And the thumbprint on that chief was from a different era where tactics were different. And it's not that their fires didn't go out. They were probably fighting more fires than we are. We, we use a great example with Chris's uh, family uh, of a fire in the 80s. It was before he was born, but it's... I was born was, then. I was about four years old. Okay. Yeah. So I was actually the year I became a lieutenant. That was a shot back for the uh, stone tablet anyway, comment. Yeah, but yeah, you know what? Yeah. It, the fires were not, they were fighting more of them. The tactics were different. And, you know, the, we, we use an example of a good buddy of ours that did a, a, a tremendous uh, study. He, he, he took the attack chapter for multiple editions of, of uh, the Essentials book and how it's changed. So if you're presenting to a chief who was thumbprinted in the 80s or the 90s and hasn't seen the street, right. and you're telling him that 100 PSI sucks, and flowing 95 gallons a minute is going to kill you. Like you, when the first time you made a push with an inch and a half and it worked, right? right? Okay. You have to have the respect and you have to address that because you could be talking to the person who put the equipment into service Absolutely. that you're looking to replace. Absolutely. So uh, the personal attack is wrong. That's emotionally driven as opposed to flow driven based on heat, heat release rates of today's fire. It, mm. it needs to be that clinical. And... You know, we designed this class for that. So that committee approach, yeah. like Chris said, it has to be that. If you're going to win in an organization that's reluctant to change, it has to be data-driven. And you have to have done a, a, a breadth of testing that incorporates every design, not what you want. Right. If it doesn't bring you to your solution, maybe you had the wrong suggestion. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Okay. I get it. So uh, it, it warrants that because, again, this is not a commodity. This is not toilet paper. Make a mistake on this, you're going to use it for 15 or 20 years. Yep. And people don't understand if you're lucky enough to be on a change committee for something like this, it's like a once-in-a-career opportunity because it isn't purchased on a high frequency. So put the time and effort into doing it correctly, not for your own benefit, for the benefit for, of the job. Absolutely. And, and that also plays to, like, I don't know, maybe how we are in society today that you see it all the time on, on uh, social media. People, you know, how do I, how do I get smooth bore? Right. How, do, you know, should I use seven eights or 15 sixteenths? You know, like everybody wants the cut and paste solution. Yep. Right. Like, so it's easy. 
you know, I download uh, this nozzle yeah. study, yeah. Uh, find, seek, replace my department name. <laughs> yeah, Here you go, right. chief. Yeah. Here's what it is. Yep. Like, but you've never flowed any water. And then the other part, when we teach our classes, I go, it's a very clinical um, setting with flow meters and gauges in the parking lot, right? Jerry's got a famous line of like, I, you know, we've yet to be to a parking lot fire, but that's where we do all hose and nozzle studies. So that's step one, right? So step two is getting out of the parking lot and then moving it with your people, right? Taking your burn building, taking an acquired structure, taking it with your ninjas, taking it with your weaker performers and yep. see what works. So like uh, Kurt Isaacson talks about like, uh, if you take any of his classes, he calls it his gallons per second test, which is a really interesting way to think about it is uh, when they did their nozzle study, they took a, a 7 eighths and a 15 sixteenths, okay? So those that might not be on our level, 7 eighths, 160 gallon a minute, um, 15 sixteenths, 185, okay? A little bit higher nozzle reaction on a 15 sixteenths, okay? But what they did was they said, okay, um, I, I have my Ninja engine crew, and I'm gonna, you guys start at the front door, and I want you to open the bale, Make it upstairs to the back bedroom. And I don't want you to shut down until you make the back room. Okay. But what they did, instead of watching the crew, is they had a flow meter in place. So they watched the flow meter. Right. So what do you think happened? On the 15, 16, a little bit higher nozzle reaction, the two person crew, you start pushing corners and stairs. What happens? You start losing your backup firefighter. Right. So not that necessarily guys are shutting down a lot, we're starting to half bail, reposition. Right. So although the 15 16s gave out more gallons per minute, right? Guys were constantly having to fight the nozzle reaction and half bail. And with the 7 8s, they were to keep able to keep it open longer. Right. So in reality, they're putting more water on the fire, right? More gallons per second because the line was more manageable versus well that flows 185. So clearly that puts out more on water. On paper. Right. Yeah. But if I'm constantly having half bail or reposition because yep. it's too much nozzle reaction versus give me something that is still above NFPA minimum target flow, 160 is our most common flow rate that, that's, that's leaving our door right. today. Yeah. Yep. Right. Uh, why? Because it's 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 high flow, nice punch, and easy to manage. But I can keep the bail open. You know. Yep. So I mean, you tell the ex example of like you know two people, one's got to make a grab, like, and I got to yep. hold the nozzle by myself. I can do that. Yep. You know, I got to, uh, the other thing, when you, when you finally, you know, I refer to the parking lot as the range, if you're into guns. Right. That's where you're zeroing it in, right? You're, you're not you're not using it yet. And I, I got to get a, I'll give a shout out to my firehouse, because my guys get this. The guys that that are bosses and chiefs running my firehouse right now, I had years ago when they were like explorers. And uh, Brian, Corey, and Mike, and they get it. We talk about this frequently. We just had a conversation before I left for my last trip. The value of getting into a building or an acquired structure or training center and do this water mapping and advancement training without smoke. Don't be smacking your people in the head with a stick telling them to get down because you got theater smoke going. All right. Stop the drama. <laughs> Explain what a fire stream does and where the water goes yeah. and how yes. to be effective. Yes. Right. Yes. It's there's a time for a convulsive approach and there's a time to be a gentleman. Calm the fuck down. Excuse me, I probably should have said no, that. No, you're, right? you're fine. You're fine. What I'm saying is you have to understand that environment and what's happening with it. And the way to do that is with full visibility. 
that's how you start. Get them to yes. understand how mm -hmm. that water application mm -hmm. works. You then you would you walk. Exactly. Yeah. So just take a step back. You're not at a fire. You're specking a piece of equipment. You're evaluating. You don't need the drama. So right. really, you're going to a fire. Yep. Relax. So it's okay. like uh, let's get good at it first. Absolutely. Like that example I use in Richmond, and I'll use this sometimes when we talk about instruction, right? <laughs> so like, my mom, God bless her, just retired, um, and she was the secretary in the Notre Dame football office for 37 seasons. Oh, wow. Okay. So Jerry Faust hired her, and yep. she was there since then, right? So um, uh, the one day I just kind of had a light bulb moment. I go, uh, Mom, how – like the NCAA regulates how many hours a week you can practice in full pads, okay? Uh, how many hours is that? You know, and she's like, oh, I'll find out. She calls me back like an hour later. Oh, I asked this coach. So – Think about this for a second. So uh, the NCAA says you can, uh, it's, I think it's two hours a day in full pads, okay? So whether you're, uh, uh, my shout out to my buddy Steve Robertson, Ohio State, because you guys just <laughs> came out as number one today, so that pains me. Uh, or I, I used, used to use Alabama, but now I guess I got to use Ohio State. Or you're, you know, Wyoming Tech, okay? You have the same amount of time to practice every right. day. Right, in full pads. Mm -hmm. So if I have that time in full pads, what am I practicing? Am I doing Statue of Liberty plays and two-point conversions? No, man. I'm getting the basics down. Right. But when I'm not in full pads, what am I doing? I'm reading a playbook. Huh, right? I'm reading my SOPs. I'm reading my training plan. Right? Um, I'm watching film. Right? I'm watching Brass Tax or something else. Right? My company videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's Absolutely. other stuff yeah. you can yeah. be doing when you're not. It's a fantastic not, way to paint a full, picture of this. When you're not full yeah. speed. Right. Right? And that's what wins championships is these guys and all the extra work they're putting in beyond the minimum requirement. So, like, yeah, we got our two hours in. We're good. We're going to finish last in the division or whatever. Or we got our two hours in and we're going to finish first right. and we're going to be the national champions. Right? But, like that comes down to our, our flows, you know, it's the same thing as, you know, is it the basic thing? Are we, we worried about, you know, well, we had this one fire 18 years ago <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where we needed this, right? Yeah. yeah. Spec you your, know, spec your system to that. And yeah. the, but that, that, that's the same thing with football. Like, okay. Um, wow. It is whatever third overtime and we do need the two point conversion, but we are masters of the basics that when you throw us a, a, a curveball, we can get over it, you know, no big deal. Two, two absolutes, let me throw out, and I'm not a big absolute guy, but I'll play with this sometimes in an educational setting. If you're using anything other than 50 PSI in your big line, you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Whether it be fog or smooth work, get it to 50 PSI. All you're doing is making your people work hard for yeah. no reason. Um, well, I'm gonna, I won't do the second one. Oh, okay. Hold back now. Yeah. All right. We've been at it for... Over like an hour and twenty minutes. Do we have to tell him to go home? No, I just you guys gotta, gotta go. go home. Home. All right, Bobby. Yeah, Bobby, Bobby Eckert did like Take four hours. Wow! So wow! <laughs> no, I don't think he. I don't think it was that long. Listen, we could go on and on and yeah. uh, and so on, but I mean, we do cherish and appreciate you guys being here tonight. Um, it means the world to us. Oh, we appreciate um, that. You know, we appreciate your contribution to the fire service. What Elkhart? Wait, hold on, I got a note here. Is that right? Yes, that's okay, correct. Got it. 
Um, what you guys bring to the table is incredible. Um, and I am honored to have you guys here, and you guys are always welcome back. I'm looking forward to working on some projects maybe together yeah, yeah. down the road, some awesome. conferences, conventions, For sure. things like that. It'd be cool, man. Um, it's always nice to hang with like-minded people. Um, and tonight's one of those memories that I'm going to cherish because I learned a lot tonight. You know, hydraulics yeah. and, uh, and pump operation uh, and even nozzle work is not my strongest forte, and I'll be the first guy to admit that. Um, and so to sit around you guys tonight and to you know just take it all in was, uh, was awesome. And I think the lesson to be learned there and what I just said was for everybody listening is it's okay not to know everything. And that's why yeah. you surround yeah, yourself 100%. with people that know yeah. things because you can't be an expert at everything. And uh, if you're the guy that shies away from the engine company night because you're not confident, ask questions, get out there and learn. Go check out Brass Tax Hard Facts online. Yeah, um, it's a fantastic resource for training and uh, you know education. So, guys, thank you, Jerry and Chris. Very awesome, I, yeah, no, man, I appreciate the chance. Great to be here. night. Thank I thank you. you very much, Chris. Thanks, brother. Thanks, man. appreciate it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, guys, for Rob and myself and uh, Jerry and Chris from Elkhart Brass, um, thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for being here tonight. Thanks for checking us out, National Fire Radio. Have a good night. Fire Radio.